when I popped off Riding the cool with the top off I cannot fuck with no knockoff I'm in the stool like a pop star Damn it, I feel like an outlaw You wanna talk with a bow, dog? I'm in the room with the mouth lost I'm in the room with the mouth lost Let me deliver the home run Yo, welcome to another episode of Big Facts Podcast It's your host, Marcus Williams Back with another week with the boy Z Hey, Z, what's good with you? Another week of college football down What's up, man? Beautiful week, another great Awesome week, man. I love it. I'm ready to talk about it. Hey, look, you know, them Bulldogs, we'll first off start talking about them. Number one team now in the nation. Just beat up on Auburn, 34 to 10. <clears throat> how how you feeling after the good win? Um, it was a solid win, bro. Um, honestly, I was a little nervous because I thought the I wasn't worried that Auburn would beat us. I was just worried that, you know, because Jordan here, like SEC, we all have stadiums across, like East, West, just it's hard to go into, you know, um, it's, it's always a test when you go on the road, especially for a rivalry. So Auburn is a rival and going on the road have, I have had, we've had our heart broken plenty of times, you know, when expectations hey, SEC, were there, like anybody yeah, can lose. That's how it goes. So I was just worried that it was going to be a closer game than it was. And we were going to hear the murmurs from the crowd that, you know, Georgia finally had a real test and, you know, <laughs> X and X, Y, Z went wrong. They looked this bad, you know, this, you know, the DBs finally got a test, you know, I was more worried about that narrative being shifted, you know, because right yeah. now, like based off of, you know, past experience, Georgia's really not getting the respect of it as a top team. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of us, a lot of people now, you know, the narrative may have changed a little bit, but a lot of people viewed us Yes, you know, Georgia's one of the best teams in the country. They're always going to be one of the best teams in the country, but they're just they're just not, you know, the, the best, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm surprised about that. And, I mean, not – I'm surprised but not surprised. The only reason why I'm surprised is because the way y'all were beating people, other, other than Clemson, mm-hmm. but just the way y'all were beating teams. And it's just like even the teams that it's like, okay, well, they're supposed to beat them. But it's not that they're supposed to, but the how you're doing it. Y'all are killing them. And, like, defense is just playing, like, world-class, like, m- maybe one of the top defenses, like, ever in college football. Mm-hmm. So, but I think, I guess the only way that you could spin that narrative is if, you know, you could say, well, oh, well, you have to beat Alabama first. Right. That's one thing that Georgia hasn't done. And that's something time. that we still have to. Yeah, yeah. Alabama, regardless of, I mean, you know, we're going to talk about it, regardless of what happened this weekend, they're still in the driver's seat to get back to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They control like, their own destiny. Nick Saban is the greatest coach to ever grace the field. So, you know, he showed you time and time again, he could take that L and turn it into a championship, just mm-hmm. like mantra. So, it's it's exciting. It's fun. It feels good to be number one again. You know, I trust Kirby to this time because, like you said, that defense might be one of the best ever. Um, and maybe five years down the line, I feel like it takes time. Maybe we look back, it might be the best ever, but that's something that can't be answered for about five to ten years from now when we see how the players from this defense developed and go on into the NFL. Uh, but we're just holding course, you know. Uh, I know they like to say that term, not baiting to the rat poison, but that's just what it is, honestly. Um, just got to keep the ball rolling. We got another top 15 matchup at home next week, so we'll see how it goes. But I'm still enthusiastic. I'm still happy. Alabama has been shown to be beatable. There was at times that this, there was times during this year, this season, that I felt that, okay, Alabama has completely reloaded and there's just yeah. no stopping it. That's a joke. <laughs> so it, you know, it was a good weekend, and I'm happy. 
Hey, well, shit, we'll see how Georgia plays out throughout the rest of the season. Now, it's, you know, we can transition to that Alabama losing to Texas A&M on the road, 41 to 38. Honestly, bro, I was watching the game, and I'm just like, well, for one, Texas A&M got pressure a lot, especially in the first half. Then it's like, bro, Alabama had so many, like, either drop balls or just, like, abnormalities when it comes to their offense and their defense. And you're just like, bro, like, what's going on? Like, Alabama usually doesn't do these types of things. Right. But, yeah, they were. And, honestly, I ain't going to lie. Dude from uh, Calzada, from Texas A&M, bro, man, was balling. Like, is that I Calzada? think that's probably the best game he will ever have in his life at Texas A&M. Like, I, I, don't, see, I don't see a game topping that. And, and, obviously, you know, when it comes to beating Alabama – you got to have somebody that has a crazy game to win, bro. There's no other way. Mm-hmm. But dude went off, bro. So I, I think, uh, like you said, Nick Saban's going to have his team ready after that one loss, and you can't count them out. But, damn, we got to give props, props to Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher to be in the first assistant to beat Nick Saban. 24-1 and now. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it was a great game. Um, I actually – I, I, once I actually dialed in into the game, um, it was probably like around the second quarter. Maybe it was just out of half. No, it was halftime maybe. And I looked and I was confused. I was like, what happened? I think it was like 24 to 10. I was yeah, I was lost. I yeah. looked and I was like, what is going on? You know? <laughs> like it was crazy. And like you said, um, Zal Calzada, he had a game, and that's what you need to have at quarterback when you're going against Nick Saban. You got to have a quarterback that's going to have the game of his life. That's the only way. Um, and the only way. To be honest with you, and I know this is typical, but when I actually started to watch the game and as the game went on, Alabama lost to the 12th man. Yes, Calzada played the game of his life, but mm-hmm. that 12th man exposed a lot of youth on that offense where, you know, they still were rolling, they still scored, they still got the ball going, but a lot of the mistakes that happened – you know, early on that put him in that deficit that made it, you know, I mean, they were able to overcome the deficit and eventually take the lead, but they weren't able to maintain that lead. You know, yeah. the 12th man lifted that Texas A&M offense because we saw on a neutral site, <laughs> it's not good. Hey, it's and we not saw it with you know, yeah. it had like, so I, the X factor there is the 12th man. So I really want to chalk that up to their fans. You know, a lot of jokes were going on Twitter um, in the college football spaces Jeez. Friday night from the, the practice. What do they call it? The Yale squad? Yale yeah, the, uh, the, the, uh, Midnight Yale. Midnight Yale and the guys in the overalls. is It was horrible. I'm not going to lie. It was a bad video, but, yeah. <laughs> but it it came true because that stadium was rocking. Like we said, like I said previously, SEC stadiums, they get the job done time and time again. Mm-hmm. And I think it, you know what? Like, I think it, it just puts a bigger emphasis on last year not really having fans or at least not packed crowds to now having these packed crowds. And it's like, bro, like, a lot of people haven't played under these type of pressures either ever or in a long time. So mm-hmm. it's just hitting different. And I think, you know, like you said, with Alabama and the 12th man really being that X factor for them brings us back to the Florida game where, you know, the swamp was the thing that got the Gators back into the game and able to push it to where it's like, okay, we made the two-point conversion and it goes to over- overtime. So mm-hmm. honestly, that might be Alabama's Achilles heel this season is when you're on the road in a hostile environment like a lot of places in the SEC are, like if that team can 
push Alabama, they could have a chance to win. So you got to watch out for that because they still got, you know, Arkansas and LSU, even though LSU has been down. But, I mean, Death Valley is Death Valley. So, yeah. And like you just said, like that seems to be their Achilles heel. You get them on the, like I said, because there are youth in that spot. And like you said, there's players that have not played in front of a packed stadium because last year, you know, with all the COVID going on, it, it, a freshman coming in, it's it's a lot of that on Alabama, which honestly makes them more dangerous for the future. But, you know, you see it in Bryce Young. Bryce Young was so – you can see it in his play from week to week. He tries. He's a very good quarterback, uh, definitely in the Heisman conversation. But mm-hmm. he always tries to make the right play. And yeah. you see in his game, he's a little over-analytical with his plays and his progression reads. It's, you know – there's a lot of times that if last night, if he decided in a, in a few weeks ago, um, even with Florida, if he decided to tuck it and run. Oh, a lot of the these yards games, there. Yards it, is there. Yes. So a lot of these games, you know, they may have still been a little bit of a night uh, nail biter. Um, it still, you know, might have been a tough test, but uh-huh. he may have been able to ice the game, you know, for Florida. He may have been able to ice it a little earlier. With this, he maybe have been able to maintain that lead and put Texas in him away, go yeah. back to Alabama and recoup. But it didn't happen because a lot of times he just tried to make the right play too often. And, you know, when you sit back there in that pocket, the crowd is rocking. You know, you're trying to get plays off. Your old line is trying to communicate. You know, like, it's bound to get to you. Yeah, he he's definitely one of those guys that – he wants to be a passer way more than a runner. Exactly. And even though he has the dual threat capabilities, he's just like, no, like I'm trying to get this pass off. And I, and like you said, you know, sometimes you just got to tuck it in and run and get the yards that you can instead of trying to force something that could be an incompletion and, you know, put you behind the, behind the sticks. So yeah, that's true. Like they got, they only have, t- honestly though, so Alabama only has two more road games. It's, you know, this upcoming week against Mississippi State and then the last game against Auburn. So that Auburn game, you know how crazy the Iron Bowl gets sometimes. So mm, you got to watch out for that one just in case. <laughs> you said the Auburn game is the road game, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to lose it. Nah. <laughs> yeah, they're going to lose it. They're calling it well, now. Listen, we just said that a quarterback has to – he's already beat Alabama, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, his freshman yeah. year, they, they beat Alabama. You got to have that gene. And I told you before, <laughs> He, I told you, like I told you a few pods back, I told you that he may not be the brightest quarterback. He may not be an NFL quarterback. But he has that gene. And that gene, that is, it, it's a balling. So that gene can come. If you are not all the way there and don't have control of it, you know, it could take over you and you think that you need to make a play and be God every single play, you know, and that yeah. could, and that would that's what bites Bo Nix now, because for every time he has that magical money Menzel play, you're getting that one for like every 20 plays. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you show that against LSU, that's for sure. Exactly. So if that's at Auburn and it's Alabama, Auburn season's already done. So, you yeah, know, nothing to, I mean, they have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm whatsoever yeah. they're gonna go out there and they're, they're gonna have yeah, they gonna throw the book at him yes <laughs> <laughs> i said they're gonna throw the book at him yeah they are they're just gonna brian harson's gonna open it up he's gonna give him a show so yeah. i i think they lose that game uh but 
Go ahead. It was on you. Yeah. Hey, so two other really big games and other two different conferences. Damn, Red River rivalry. That game was it, it was yo insane for Texas fans. Even more crazy for OU fans because Texas being up twenty eight to seven. I'm just like they have to win this. Like there's no way they're not winning. Then all of a sudden Oklahoma changes quarterbacks from Spencer Rattler to Caleb Williams to freshman. Bro, fourth and two. He goes on, I think it was like a 66 or a 64-yard run for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, hold on. But then Texas kind of, you know, keeps the lead. Going into the second half, bro, they're up by 18. I'm like, bro, they still got it. Then Oklahoma comes back some more. Then it's 11. Then they come back some more. Then it's 8. Then all of a sudden, bro, they tie the game at at 41. I'm like, bro. Texas really might just lose this shit. But then they get back and it's 48-48, and then they just get the, the last touchdown. But that game was one of the craziest games all year. And I feel bad for Texas because, obviously, you know, Texas wants to, to win the game, and they had every opportunity to win it, and they just they folded. Right. That, that's about it. They, they just folded, but – Damn, what a game, bro. Like, did were you able to catch it? Yes, man. It great game, bro. Uh, I was excited. Like, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time because, <laughs> you know, at first, the first half is like you're excited because it's like, wow, Oklahoma is, you know, it's getting beat. Like, this is man, gonna be upset. This yeah. is crazy. And then, you know, like it's it was like one of the best roller coaster rides ever because you get to that second half, and then it's like, is Oklahoma doing this? You're like slowly yeah, like, going to the top. Slowly but surely. Going to the top. And then, like you said, when it got to that 41, like when it got up, and then you're at the top, and it's like, wow, what's going to happen? You just drop, and then boom, and then it's just going all over the place. And then it ends with that Kennedy Brooks touchdown, which yeah, is like, just a long touchdown. They didn't it, even get to a field goal. Gave me shades. Actually, not even shades. I think that was the same. I think they stole Georgia's play. That sent Georgia to the national championship because that was a Wildcat play, right? No, I don't that think it was. It was Wildcat, I thought. I had to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, there, I'm gonna have to go back and see. It's not. They. It, it was a similar like running lane, and he just like the. the to me, so, it was. So like, you're, it looks, you're talking. You're talking about the play with uh, OU and Georgia, right? With Sonny Michelle, the Rose Bowl. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So yeah, that's that what it, great I, too. like. I really thought that he. Um, I thought that was up the Wildcat, but regardless, it was a great play. And it's like, did you honestly expect him to house it? Like, no. I mean, I know the game was going. To be, to, I really pace, thought it was going to be a field goal, and we was going to see if Oklahoma could make the field goal or not, to be honest right. with you. Because I was actually, to be honest, I was surprised Texas even tied it at 48 to even try and send it into overtime. Because once Oklahoma got up 48-41, I was like, yeah, like, Texas is – they're just like their hearts are crushed, and then Casey Thompson came in and threw his fifth touchdown. Which I ain't gonna lie, props to props to Casey Thompson, B. John Robinson, and Xavier Worthy. But you know they all went off. I think Casey Thompson had over three hundred yards and five touchdowns. B. John Robinson had you know his. I think he had over a hundred and fifty yards in that game. Yeah, yeah, he, he had no. He had one thirty-seven, and then he had um, just one catch. 
But yeah, B. John went off. Xavier Worthy, the freshman, broke the, uh, a freshman record with nine catches for 261 and two touchdowns. But first play of the game, he had that 70 yard touchdown. I was like, damn, is that man gone. So yeah, it was <laughs> a great game. If I'm a Texas fan, I am upset and I'm sad. I'm very sad. But I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, I, I, I didn't lose hope because when you look at this Texas team, they have like pieces that you can build around. That's mm-hmm. that's sorry you can go out there and, you know, they have, I want to, I want to say they have that DNA. I have to see some more and see how the season plays out, but you yeah. can see it. They got some players on the other side of the ball and the defense, you know, that you could actually build around if you get your recruiting classes up and develop a few more key places, excuse me, key players at a few spots. I think you could really field a team that, you know, on the on the defensive side that could be serviceable in the coming year or so, year or two. And then on yes. the offense, you know, Sark has shown with this offense he could put up points. And it's only going to get better. Players have seen Sark on the offensive end at USC, at Alabama. Uh, we're not going to talk about the NFL, but <laughs> he, he, we've seen him at these stops and these offensive offenses have been rolling. And I just – I like, if I'm a Texas fan, I would be – optimistic honestly like I'm excited for the future because you've shown that you can score with Oklahoma you've shown that you can score with a lot of these teams like if you look at some of these play designs they're so intricate and so just detailed like Sark is a mastermind if you look mm-hmm. at some of these routes it's like who comes up with this route I've never seen this route before I mean I think that's why it's the success that he's had as an offensive coordinator has always been great you know exactly. the only thing Sark has ever had is questionable is as a head coach because obviously you have to worry about more than the offense. Right. But when he's like just an offensive mind, like, yo, dude is amazing. But if he can go out there and get somebody that he could just say, hey, go run my defense for me, you know, then and, – and they like I said, if they could put up a serviceable defense, like was it 2015 or 2014 Ole Miss – where you had Hugh Freeze out there, you know, yeah, just it was 20, I think pointing it, was 2014, it up. 2014 yeah. and 15, they beat Alabama. The only team ever to beat Alabama in back-to-back seasons. And they were running it up with mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze. And but Hugh I will Freeze say, had somebody out there. Say, I will say, to give <sighs> – those teams had some crazy-ass plays that happened for them to beat Alabama, but they still did it. Well, I'm not just well, speaking I'm about Alabama. But they were still they were just really good teams. But yeah. he was able to let somebody out there say, "Hey, go call, go go call my my defense for me." And you know, uh-huh. the Dolphins defense wasn't the best, but they had some players, they had some ballers, and you they know, they stepped up when they needed. They had uh, they had a few other good NFL players that they ended up getting Robert Nikim Dichi, his brother. I think his brother was better than Robert. Honestly, Denzel was all over the field. If you remember his old Miss days, Robert Robert was the number one player coming out of high school, though. Yeah, I think that you like. I guess looking at expectations, you would have thought that he would have been like an like all SEC caliber. Which I mean, I think he might have been like one year, but it wasn't you know super crazy, right? Um, yeah, and I just looked at that play from the Oklahoma, from the Red River um, shootout. So it was a misdirected snap. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I know it looked a little funky. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb Williams was kind of offset from the center, 
it was like they both were kind of offset from the center. The center of height did, and then Kennedy came over, got it, did a little fake toss to Caleb, then mm-hmm. shut up the gap. Uh, uh, yeah. Regardless, like, heart racing play. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, the final seconds, like, he, he literally wasted he, out the time running for the touchdown. <laughs> exactly. And he will never have to buy a drink in Norman ever again. Bro, no. Hey, shoot. Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams probably, either. Caleb, Caleb Williams probably got some, some stuff slid over to him too now. But it, it was so, – so to be honest, I think that – honestly, if, if these two teams meet back – in the Big 12 championship, I think that would be great. And I honestly think Texas could well, should win the second matchup if they do, if they are able to match up again. But the one thing about Texas, and this will be the difference between Tom Herman, Texas, and Steve Sarkeesian, Texas, is when Tom Herman beat OU, you know, he still lost, like, other games in the Big 12. That is like, ah, well, like – Probably shouldn't have lost that one. And even though they got to the Big 12 championship once in Tom Herman's, you know, era, they they lost to OU the second time. So really, right. you know, and that was the year they went to the Sugar Bowl and beat Georgia, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I think the difference with Steve Sarkeesian, and I think this is what Texas fans are hoping for, is after the loss to Oklahoma, you don't lose to teams that you should beat. Right. And that's going to be the key. So they're gone. They have a they have a three game stretch that's really going to determine, to me, if they make it to the Big Twelve championship or not. Because and not only Oklahoma. that, it will determine the immediate future of Texas football. And I'm talking about within the one to next within, within the next one to three years mm-hmm. because we're going to want to look for him to recruit better, especially on that defensive side because he's going yeah. to have to get some hogs on that side if he's one like if y'all coming into the SEC, you just got just. You know, big brothered and roughed up by Arkansas. You know, like people ain't gonna look at you like you're something good. You know, they gonna. And and so, so, and this is the thing, though. So they have Oklahoma State coming up this week, who is undefeated. You have Baylor the next week, and they got only one loss, and they actually looked really good against uh, West Virginia, who took uh, Oklahoma to the wire. Right. I think they beat them like 45 to 20. It was bad. Yeah. And then they got Iowa State, the dreaded Iowa State, that somehow, some way, they can never really find a way to win, at least in past years. Right. So these three games are really going to determine, like, if Texas has changed from, you know, the Tom Herman era to the Steve Sarkeesian era. Because, honestly, the way Arkansas has been playing this year, I, I can't even fault Texas for losing that game. Especially with Hudson Carr, the freshman right. as the quarterback, and you know the, their first hostile environment that they they've been in, like I can understand them losing that game now in hindsight, rather than when it first happened. You're like, but they lose to Arkansas. Hindsight's so beautiful yeah. because like, right now we know that Arkansas is clearly a good team. Of, like you know just like, above Texas. Yeah. They have better players. They're playing better. They're more physical. They're stronger. They're faster. That's just what that is right now. And mm-hmm. like Sam Pittman has done probably coach of the year like job for real. Right now he has my vote. I'm kinda kinda <laughs> joke Jimbo Fisher if he could finish strong and you know make yeah, it to the, finish if strong, Alabama I mean, they can lose to Auburn and Texas A and M wins out. 
he goes to the SEC championships. Excuse me, not championships. Because goes to the SEC championship and makes it close with Georgia. He might be close coach of the year. Yeah, I can see that, especially because they lost their starting quarterback. So you're yep. like, okay, well, I'm doing this with a backup. Yeah, and you beat Alabama. Like that's ah, that's a, that's an accomplishment in itself. Because I, I saw on Facebook, it was funny as hell. It was an Alabama fan. I forgot who it was. They were like, you know, when you beat Nick Saban, you you tear down the goalposts, you rush, you you know, storm the stadium, blah blah blah. But when Alabama beats you, it's just another Saturday. And I was like, that those are facts. Those are it facts. And Alabama never storms the field for anything. They they think they're going to win every game, and which is they're supposed to the way they recruit and develop. And Nick Saban being the greatest of all time. But, you know, that just goes to show, like, the difference of, like, what your program is worth from Nick Saban to pretty much every team in college football for the most part. Exactly. Nick Saban, and honestly, let's be, let's be, let's just be real here. Nick Saban's not having that. Like, yeah, like, bro, Nick Nick Saban's like, bro, why y'all still on the field? Like, we, like, we do this on a regular basis. Even when he was first here. He carried himself because Alabama had some big wins at home when he first started out his tenure. And, you know, some you didn't see teams storming the field. At least I can't remember. I might have to go back and double check. I mean, it has been a long time. It's been a very time. long time. I'm pretty sure they – oh, because, you know, I don't think they stormed the field in 2007 at all because that was his seven and six year. The game they possibly could have stormed the field for, possibly, or possibly, maybe Georgia. Because, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That actually might have been the one. Because that was his first, no, his second signature win of that season. Remember, they beat Clemson in the game one, but that was on neutral site. Yeah. So that was his first, like, big win was Georgia. And they had the blackout and everything. But I'll never forget that game. That game was was 08. I was talking about 07. Oh, you're talking about 07? 07. No, no, 07, Georgia. I mean, Georgia beat Alabama. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's the only game I could see that they would have done it for. Oh, yeah. They would have done it for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that would have been the game because, sheesh. That was a good game, too. Yeah. That was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, let's head over to the Big Ten. Big Ten, number three, Iowa against number four, Penn State. Iowa came out with a victory 23-20. Honestly, that game was like the epitome of Big Ten grimy, just grinded out games. Like there was no like really flash to it. It was just like run the ball, throw a couple passes. It was really like three yards in a cloud of dust to me. Um, And that's some of the best football. It is because like – and you know what they was talking about? It It was like – Iowa's quarterback, what what was his name? Um, damn, it's escaping me. It's escaping me. Iowa's quarterback? Peach, yeah, yeah. So Spencer, Michael, is it Michael Petrus? Not Michael no, Petrus. Spencer, Spencer Petrus. Spencer Petrus. Yeah, so he he's a California kid, and they was talking about it. It was like, well, why is a California kid, you know, coming to Iowa to play football? And he was like, because in the Big Ten – well, in the Pac-12, they don't play like the Big Ten. Like, the crowds aren't in it. Like, the Big Ten, like, just the the atmosphere is different. Which I will say, though, I, I do think that for the most part, 
you know, the SEC and the Big Ten crowds are different from, like, Big 12, Pac-12, like, ACC. It's just not – it's not the same. Big Ten and SEC. I would give SEC a slight advantage. Yeah, I'd give the SEC a slight advantage just because I think they have more teams that, you know, contend – Whereas the Big Ten is like, uh, but like well, Big Ten, like you give them what I gotta give you give them like atmosphere, like like the SEC has great at- atmosphere as well, you know. But I want to say like the SEC gets louder, but the Big Ten yeah, has the best the SEC, atmosphere. If that makes like, sense, yeah, yeah, because you know how they say that like, with the whiteout game, you know, it's not the, as loud as the SEC crowds, but the right. atmosphere of having the whiteout and the tradition Everybody. and all, yeah, like it's. Everybody, like you nobody. Wisconsin, they're jumping around. You yeah, just see the red yeah. hopping up and down. You go to you Iowa, Michigan, it's just like Michigan with the yellow, it's out, yellow all that. over the place in Iowa. They got the whole little wave at the hospital. Like that's awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. the Ohio State with the, the, the horseshoe court. and the marching yeah. band and all that stuff and the script. They, they yeah, yeah, baby. So I mean, like, yeah, big, big ten definitely has, and I and I see where he's coming from with that because, but you don't see that in the Pac twelve. Like in the Pac twelve, it's like USC is the closest representation to that, but USC just hasn't been like not USC even USC. In a long the closest, time. the closest, I would say is Washington and Oregon. What? Washington gets loud when Washington is good and they play in a big well, game. That's home. the thing, though, because I, I, I was I was supposed to go to Washington a Washington game. It was their first game of the season against Montana, which I'm glad I didn't. They lost that shit. Huh. But, <laughs> but I always thought I was like, yo, like going to a Washington game because people people out here are like diehard Husky fans. I, I'll say, I mean, hey, like, good luck to you, but. Yeah, like, well, I guess when, when they are good, I can see the environment. And, yeah, definitely Oregon. I might go to an Oregon game on Friday, a game against California. So I might see how that is. Bro, hotels are stupid expensive, though. Exactly. But, yeah, I, and then, and then like, the Big 12, to be honest, I really just think it's OU in Texas. Like, everybody else's environment is kind of blah to me. Iowa State is very solid, I would say. Um, I'm not believing. As far as the big, I mean, OU, (laughs) Texas, Oklahoma State is pretty good too. Yeah, I guess when Oklahoma State is good, but I think the one difference between like the S, like the SEC and Big Ten, is I think even when their teams aren't that good, they still pack it out. Yeah, that's definitely the difference. That's the that's the separation. It's just those that could possibly compete. ACC outside of Clemson. I Clemson, Florida State when Florida State's good. Because I will game, say Florida game State's one, bad and they're still packing it out. So bro, game one, game one against Notre Dame, shit was rocking. Yeah. And it was it was a crazy, <laughs> it was a crazy night. Like so it I, was. Give them, I, I give them credit for that. Uh yeah. Virginia like, Tech, obviously. Yeah, Virginia Tech with Sandman intro. Yeah. Like when yeah. They, when Virginia Tech is good, bro. Going to uh to Blacksburg is a is a hassle. I know it's a hassle. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I, I can't really think of any other ones. Man. Um definitely not in the ACC. Um that's that's pretty much it. Um like you said, Big Twelve, that's pretty 
clear. Pac-12, very dry. Um, I am, I'm, I'm willing, I'm, I'm ready to see what Cincinnati does when they actually fully join the Big 12. I feel like a lot of that's going to have to bring some improvements to their stadium, maybe stadium expansion. They don't need it, but yeah. if, they're com- if they come in and they're winning, you know, bro, they're, bro, they're going to I think be- recruiting for them would spike because they can get Texas kids. Right. And Cincinnati is, itself is like a like a hub city, so everybody there they just they very like they 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 support Cincinnati sports. Mm-hmm. Bengals are terrible, and they show up. They pack yeah, out the stadium like every game. <laughs> they love the uh, Cincinnati FC. It's they love the Reds. Cincinnati is a great, awesome sports town. So I feel like if that team gets major backing, which they just got, they start winning. And that's just going to bring the recruits. That's just going to bring even more excitement. They're number three in the country right now until the playoff poll comes out. I assure you that Cincinnati is rocking. I'm sure you that if we go there on a Saturday, and let's say, was the, was the Notre Dame game at Cincinnati? Or did they no, play? it was at Notre Dame. It was at Notre Dame? Well, yeah, it was at Notre Dame. Yeah. They even traveled well. You know, mm-hmm. they had a lot of good seats, and they, they, they came. They showed out to South Bend, so – I'm interested in see what they can do because other games and other sports versus another, they get loud. So I'm excited. Okay. Okay. So we'll, well, let's, you know, we'll go into next week. Next week, they have some big matchups. Obviously, you know, we already talked about Oklahoma state in Texas, Florida, LSU game day is going back to back to Athens when Kentucky visits Georgia. So that'll be a crazy game. Alabama bounce back game against Mississippi state. Auburn and Arkansas will be a game. BYU and Baylor, watch out for that one because that one it might get might get real good real quick. And then I think the Ole Miss-Tennessee game is another game to watch out for. North Carolina State and Boston College and then Arizona State and Utah. Bro, we've had upsets pretty much every week. What upset do you think could happen next week? Because honestly, I think – I think Baylor could beat BYU. I think I'm I'm hesitant on Cincinnati UCF only because Cincinnati being ranked three, UCF they might it just feels like a trap game to me. And I think it'll be their last like real trap game. And then honestly, I think Texas beating Oklahoma State. I think they have a really good chance. What you thinking? Do you think Kentucky can pull the upset on Georgia? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) This is not the first time this happened where Kentucky beat Florida and the SEC championship was on the line going going into the middle of October, you know. And they just fail. And they fold. They're a great team. They're hard not to root for because it's like the way that Kentucky wins, it's like – they got that's the only way they can win. They got to come out there, keep punching with you, and just hope that you physically fold on them. Because if you don't physically fold on Kentucky, they don't have the depth or the Hawks to keep up. And you know, yeah, not scoring wise, no, no, of course not. We go back to the Florida game. They really only lost to Florida because the penalties, like you said, and yeah. just Dan Mullen. And Kirby Smart just have this thing of thinking that their way 
is just the golden standard, and it's gonna like, work. Don't have to change. It's just bro, we cool. We cool. <laughs> we good, bro. It worked before. <laughs> we just gotta keep doing it. And eventually, it'll work again. And it's very infuriating. So I put that loss honestly on Dan Mullen. Um, I don't think Kentucky won that game. I think they were giving it. So they're still a great team. Uh, they're still gonna be fun to watch. But, but no, I don't even. I can't even see it being close. If the Auburn game, excuse me, if the Auburn game was close, then yes, I would give it to you. Uh-huh. I would say that there is a chance, but I don't see it now. Okay, okay, okay. Well, but I think, hey, as far as upsets, I think I would actually go. Um, I'm gonna call a. I'm gonna call a, a weird one here. Um, I might go Texas. One. Okay, okay. I might go Texas over Oklahoma State. Okay, I, I mean, like, I'm actually I'm I'm surprised Oklahoma State is still undefeated. They've had some close wins, but, but they're I not mean, believable. If you turn on the tape, it's like it's just wins. Like that's, yeah. I can't explain it. It's just like a win. So I mean, I think I, it's kind of why they're just not ranked high. Because yeah. you can say the same with you know Kentucky. You can say the same with like Wake Forest and Michigan. It's like. Well, I mean, I guess Kentucky has a win over Florida, but NC State. You know, yeah, like some of these teams is just like, I mean, you're winning, but Arizona State. It's like, do you believe it? Like, yeah, you know, like, you got to show me a little something extra, just a little bit. Exactly. Little bit. Huh. All right, man. Hey, look, good. Probably gonna wrap it up a little early though, but please, hey, if you're on, please, hey, rate us on five stars on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you use podcasts. And yo, like Z, it's good chopping it up with you. We're gonna be here next week. All right, man. See you next week. All right. All right.